Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, everybody. This is In Liberty and Health, episode number 135. Today, I have Eric Gerhardt with me. Did I say that correctly? Eric Gerhardt. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> nice. How you doing, dude? Good. Good. It's a beautiful day. Uh, I did my normal construction routine and working on my clients' houses, and now doing a little politicking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that definitely uh, kind of fills me out as well. Today was a little bit of a rough day, but I didn't let it kill my mood. Um, I'm sure you could relate being a blue collar guy and actually didn't know that about you, but we can obviously talk about that as well. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just kind of had one of those days where literally everything was a nightmare. Um, I'm a mechanic for a living and like the first car I did, you know, I put something in, didn't work right. So then surely enough, it was just something that I didn't connect right. And then the second car, I went to go take a steering wheel off and a nut stripped and just that turned to an absolute the most hellish thing I've done in quite a long time. So, I mean, I think we all have those days, but I think the most important yeah. thing is to let it ruin your day or, you know, even ruin your week. You know, sometimes you got to step away from projects. If, if you start getting into that funk, I've done it multiple times myself where it's just like, I'm either getting too tired or I'm getting too frustrated. And then you just keep messing things up and it's just like, just shut it down, reset, refocus, come back and start fresh. Yeah, that was something that my dad kind of taught me when I first started working on cars. I remember we were struggling with a, I think it was a Ford E250 or E150 van. We we're trying to put a, uh, I think it was an intermediate shaft on the gearbox. It just wouldn't go on. And then we're like, all right, well, we're going to come back and do it tomorrow. And sure enough, the next day, it just right on. Yep. So yep. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've probably had similar experiences. So uh, yeah, it, it happens in all the trades. <laughs> and, and when you, you get into the, the sick of it. I mean, you run into problems you weren't expecting, especially with cars and the roads being the way they are. There's just the things, how they break, where they break. And it was never meant to be designed to be easy to fix. So mm -hmm. it's the same thing with construction. I mean, people build these houses and I just baffled at some of the, the stuff that I've seen over the 21 years of me doing construction, just how people have built things or didn't build things. The, the Frankenstein farmhouses with five different levels on the first floor you know all kinds of stuff yeah yeah i remember when my uh, stepdad and i were actually doing uh, the wiring all throughout the house he was like man i would fire whoever the hell wired this house up because uh, i'm pretty sure like um a majority of the floor that i'm on right now my upstairs is like all on one breaker <laughs> like right then like half the downstairs is on one breaker, half is on the other. And there's like two outlets in the kitchen that are on one breaker. And then some of the stuff outside is on one breaker. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, some of the stuff that I see with cars. Sometimes it's like, holy shit, you guys have all this stuff going on one fuse. So my fiance and I own a uh, camper and we also own a uh, terrain and we use a terrain to pull the camper. And um, I think one of the wires had touched something and it shorted something out. So it blew a fuse. But um, I remember like there were all these issues, all these lights were out. And this 15 amp fuse powered a run or the running light and the turn signal in the rear on one side, a running lamp and a turn signal on the other side in the front, the rear hatch, 
the lights for the center console and the rear wiper motor. I'm like, holy shit. So if you're going down the road, you have a trailer hooked up, you hit the turn signal and you hit your rear wiper, more than likely you could potentially blow that fuse by normal operation. Like that's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. And that's the engineers. Yeah, hey, that that actually reminds me of a project I did years back. Um, a guy's whole second floor would just not work and he couldn't figure it out. Here, they did the same thing kind of like you have in your house where the one floor is wired to each other, but they wired it through the kitchen, through the GFIs in the kitchen. So every oh, time Jesus. the GFI in the kitchen would trip because it was being overloaded because the whole second floor was running off that same line, right? it would just shut it all down and they couldn't figure it out for over a year. And then just finally they found out that it was that GFI because I came through and tracked it down to the GFI, popped the GFI and then everything, all the lights turned on upstairs. And then like two seconds later it tripped again. But I mean, there, there's really no easy way to fix that unless you run like a whole new line up to the second floor to feed it and just cut it off at that end where in the kitchen as it should be, because I mean, the kitchen usually pulls the most electric anyway, you, you would, have that dedicated to one circuit and then just leave it at that but cutting corners you know keep that line going go right up to the second floor yeah my god yeah that's a, that's a freaking nightmare and yeah i mean it's it's pretty common sense that you should probably have you know the stuff like a microwave a fridge that's always running and pulls a lot of amperage that, that stuff should probably be like isolated to you know their own kind of circuit so that way you're not running anything else like if that was my situation here then you know i'd be dropping out a podcast all the time because my fiance would turn on the microwave or open up the fridge or something like that and the next thing you know the fuse would be blown um so uh anyways i'm i like you a lot already i think it's probably the first or second time that we really talked um we're already talking about blue collar stuff but um one i guess more so the main reason why i have you on here is uh to kind of talk about why you're a libertarian and your run for senate so i guess let's start off with uh, your journey to liberty so go ahead and uh, just detail out what brought you to libertarianism well um what brought me here was um, a, a childhood promise I made to myself when I was in the Boy Scouts. I was senior patrol leaders, like 14 years old, sitting by a campfire, just thinking like, what would I want to do with myself when I get older? And at that time, people told me I should be in like leadership positions and I should do something where I'm in charge and stuff like that. So I was like, eh, why not run for president? Mm -hmm. So I made that promise to myself that I'd run when I was 35. I mean, 14, I only had 21 years to go so i figured i had plenty enough time so you know learned a craft mastered it and then now i turn in 35 to keep my promise to myself ran for president made connections in the libertarian party because i knew i had no chance to get in with any of the republicans or democrats because that's just a, a close-knit circle mm -hmm. and then i didn't know it at the time that but like every bit of the values of libertarianism kind of just fit my values i mean i want as much freedom as I can have. I want nobody to touch my stuff. I want people to leave me alone and me leave them alone. I mean, it's it's a win-win situation if just everybody did that, but everybody's got to be in each other's business. And uh, the Pat Toomey said he was retiring. I saw the opportunity, jumped at it, and uh, running for it. I don't care who I'm running against, Fetterman or Oz. I mean, if they debate me, you'll see they ain't much to me. I mean, I called him out last night on PCN, challenging Oz to three debates. And if uh, Federman wants to join on any of them, he's welcome to it as well. But, you know, I think they're both cowards and they're not going to do it. They're going to go with the uh, Joe Biden principle and just hide in their basements. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, F Fetterman definitely seems to be of the uh, same ilk of Joe Biden when you listen to him uh, speak and see the way that he kind of behaves. Um, so uh, about when I started this podcast, I was pretty hardcore libertarian and not that I'm not anymore, but I'm, I'm perhaps more open to the idea of liberty Republicans. But um, I think, you know, definitely just as well as I do, the Republicans here in Pennsylvania are absolutely freaking horrible like beyond redemption so um i mm -hmm. I, I cannot in good conscience support any of the republicans running here in pennsylvania not mastriano not oz um some of the other people i were seeing i went to a uh, event over in verona which is probably like a half hour away from me and the one dude was saying he wants to make election day a paid holiday um persecute cancel culture as a uh, hate crime or something like that attacking police as a hate crime like some of this most ridiculous stuff it's literally like um red social justice warriorism so i, I was like all right well I'm a libertarian and the libertarian party here in Pennsylvania seems to be pretty strong. We have a lot, we have a lot of great people here. So I just, I, I couldn't get on board with the Republican party here in Pennsylvania. It's, it's abysmal. It's very, very sad that we're expected to pick between these two, but then you have a third option that people say, well, they can't win. Well, the reason why they can't win is because you refuse to support them and you have great people like you who understand what it's like to be somebody like me who works her ass off for a living versus um, Fetterman, who was, you know, trust fund baby. And then Oz, who's been a snake oil salesman, probably longer than I've been alive running for uh, office. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a horrible. But they didn't even make my name in the poll. Mm -hmm. You're going to reference that somebody of a third party got 5%, but not give them credit putting their name in there i mean they're just silencing everybody and then that's how i feel about this these debates is you know they say they want to do them but they don't want me in it and that's why i released a press release two weeks ago saying pretty much on the lines if you don't include me per the like 1937 uh, equal times act i'm going to sue you i mean that's just the, the end of it i mean I'm going to be counted. I did the work. The, the volunteers of the party of Pennsylvania and the, the other candidates put in the time to get their names on the ballot. Everybody should be heard. And that's just the, the start of, I mean, the taxpayers' money goes to their primaries. It, it helps them get more coverage earlier than any other party. You can at least just include everybody in debates if you're going to have them. But then they got so much money and they know they can just add advertise their way all the way to the end that why would they even want to show up and make themselves look bad i mean it's just an optics thing that's all it really is right so um where are you exactly from in pennsylvania i, I feel like i know this but i, I don't know it right now <laughs> i'm from uh, pennsburg so like northeast pennsylvania about like 20 30 minutes north of philadelphia okay um I don't know if you know where Green Lane is. I'm, I'm right near that area. It, nice woods. Not not a lot of uh, hustle and bustle. I mean, there's main roads around me, but no, like, right by me. Sure. Yeah. So that's, um. you're all the way on the other side of the state. I'm about, um like, 45 minutes north of Pittsburgh. So it's southwestern uh, PA for me. Um what is it like for you when you go door knocking and campaigning? Because uh, I'm sure our mutual friend, Mark Bazzacco, if you know him, um, 
when he was talking about his run for Senate, he was talking about the way they would hand out pamphlets. And um, one thing that was kind of funny is that, like I was saying earlier, everybody says, oh, well, libertarians can't win. Well, he was polling like 40% in Democrat areas. And he's a blue collar guy in HVAC tech, <laughs> just like you and me, who's not afraid to get his hands dirty. And he's polling at 40% Democrat areas. So um, what's that kind of been like for you? Well, I mean, from my experience of being a contractor and such, when you have that face-to-face interaction, it's easier to sell something. Not that I'm selling them anything. I'm just pretty much selling them myself, but I do that every day when I go out and bid my jobs. They're, they're buying me and my expertise, and that's the same thing they're going to buy at me at the door. So if I can sell them jobs on a daily, that I, my philosophy is I can sell them myself at any point in time. So, I mean, I've been going out and handing out my coasters, and people were like, oh, this is you. And it's like, yes. And pretty much they turn around, and they just look at me, see I'm looking at them face to face, and they don't even need to know anything about Fetterman. And I was just like, I'm just going to vote for you because you just seem like a regular guy. And I didn't have to tell them any of my political views. If they want to go into political views, I, I'd let them know what it, what it is. I tell them the answer to the question, not talk around it. And they just see I'm just genuine. I mean, it's, it's not a hard sell. I mean, if you go door to door, um, some people are not really open to having a conversation at the door but if you give them some information it doesn't have to be as hard as you have to have a hard sell or a pitch line just get them the information let them look at it themselves and they'll be able to determine that themselves and if they see that it has a picture of you on it they'll be like oh that was the guy and like i've been doing at all the events i go out and in the public events and i hand people the stuff i don't say nothing i just keep handing it out to everybody and then they, they like double take and like that's the guy. There's the beard. That's the hat. It's, it's that guy. So it's like, yeah, that's me. It's like, can I have, ask you a question? Of course. And, I mean, you know, it just goes from there. And then more people jump on board. I mean, I've probably had 95% of the people that have taken my information have good rapport about it. The other five might throw it away. Some of them have returned it in a nice, gracious manner and told me they're Democrats or whatever it is. It's just like, at least you returned it. That, I mean, that's courteous. And then you show them a little bit of mutual respect and it'll just hold you in a little bit higher regard for that because it's not like, oh, they, they didn't want my stuff. And then I just snap on them and they're like, oh, well, he's an asshole. Right. Yeah. And um, like I said, from our conversation so far already, I could tell that you're, you know, much like me, blue collar dude, just kind of, you know, doing his work for the day. And you're, you're relatable in that regards, which I think people tend to like a lot. When you look at somebody like Fetterman or Oz, um, they're really not relatable because Dr. Oz is this, once again, snake oil salesman who's been on TV for his entire life. And then Fetterman um, wants to claim that he's some working man's guy, but once again, trust fund baby, Mayor Braddock, who completely destroyed that city. Um, you go down well, there he now. Destroyed before he got there, he just got there for as a placeholder for a, a namesake saying he was a mayor of a podunk town with his Harvard degree of it was just a placeholder degree he didn't actually go for anything he didn't go for, for to make it a career it was to have a Harvard degree to say I'm, I'm from Harvard it was to go to ha- have a mayorship to say he was a mayor mm-hmm. and and make it fluff his resume and right. then he got lieutenant governor of which I don't even know if he's done that job he didn't do the mayorship job he missed like what 56 meetings out of the 57 that there oh, were wow Wow. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know so that. So he didn't even do the job. So it's like, how can you trust him to do a Senate job, which, I mean, all he's got to do is vote. I mean, he could do the bare minimum. If he lasts that long, I think they're going to get him in there if they, if they, he does win. 
he something might happen with his health he might his health might go down and then they just replace him with whoever and then it what what's what's the point of democracy at that point because you're just going to replace him with somebody who's going to be a glorified yes man and toe their line and i mean that's what they want with him anyway that he bought sold and paid for i mean and i i think even if oz gets in there it's going to be the same situation he's bought sold and paid for for whatever agendas he's he's gotten his back burner to help him make more money even though he's already got billions it's 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 just disgusting yeah so one of the things that's been really pressing me lately and i've talked about it a ton on the podcast has been our foreign policy issues and um i don't know fetterman as well as i know oz but um if you look on his website as usual with all republicans now they're obsessed with china and um if anybody wants to listen to the various episodes that i've done before talking about some stuff with china with uh, mainly like pat mcfarlane or dave DeCamp. um the China threat is so easily debunked, but all these Republicans buy it up. And it's funny because they claim to be anti-big government, but the big government that they supposedly oppose, their main strategy has been over the last 10 years that China is the number one enemy. But they'll sit here and tell you, oh, well, we're going to get tough on China, who the country that's spending 250% of debt to GDP, the country that is a complete and total collapsing empire. And not only, you know, are we in a similar boat, but I mean, they're way worse off. So, um, you know, I, that's not the exact question I wanted to ask you, but um, what are your thoughts surrounding foreign policy? Because I know as libertarians, this is a huge thing to us. Well, I mean, from the information I've been gathering, I mean, the Biden administration is completely in cahoots with China in itself, of which China throughout its history has always been involved in economic like control so that they control the currencies and it's the same thing they're trying to do now they want a, the one china policy where everybody follows what china does and they control all the currencies um the fact that they're buying land over here like i think they bought 1400 acres in montana right near a military base they're buying up farmland down in florida they're the biden administration is put a lockdown on all of our oil production, but then selling it to Exxon China. I mean, he's selling our country out. And that's not good for foreign policy in general, because now they have like a foothold in America energy policy. And they can, they can do the same thing that Russia's doing to the Nord Stream pipeline and just shut that production down if they control it, of which no foreign entity should show, control any of our energy assets in America and even just have land on America because they won't allow us to buy land on their land either. I mean, it's a communist country. If you go over there and you say anything wrong, not being, even being a Chinese citizen, you're going to jail. Like me just saying what I'm saying right now, uh, they would lock me up instantly. No, no matter if I was a politician or not, I'd be in jail right now in, in China. Yeah. The, uh, the only thing I get kind of worried about currently is that um. Biden has repeatedly said that he would defend militarily defend Taiwan from China. And the thing that concerns me there is that um, we can't afford a, you know, a kinetic war with nuclear armed countries, which, um, as we could see, he's provoking not only China, but he's obviously provoking Russia with arms sales to Ukraine. Um, when it comes to the Senate, you would definitely have a say in what we do foreign policy wise. Now, I always make the joke that you can't be in American politics unless you're a Zionist, because, um, you know, a lot of the money has to go over to that uh, special country in the Middle East that uh, we can't seem to get enough of and who has nuclear powers, but or, you know, who has nukes, we can look away from that. And then 
um, you know, saber rattle the country, Iran, who doesn't have nukes and really doesn't have any capacity to uh, um, make nukes. So um, in your position in Senate, I think that would be a huge opportunity for us to say, hey, we don't want any of this foreign entanglements anymore. Like this mm-hmm. has to stop. We don't want to send good men, women, and children, you know, over to their deaths, indoctrinated for, you know, the arms manufacturers. Yep. And I mean, just the Iran deal. I mean, that should be shot down the way it was shot down under Trump. I mean, now you're giving them the option to be able to have nuclear arms when they say they're going to blow up Israel and all that stuff like that. Like they, it's been warlords and all kinds of people in that whole area for centuries. It's going to be that way for centuries more. I mean, it's not going to end until somebody can unite the area of which is like that's how history kind of works is somebody unites all the different areas and then they they become one and then they prosper but i mean geographical issues with that area the the, the fact that it's a desert um the culture that it's not in tuned with american values whatsoever and libertarianism is is there ain't no liberty over there i mean they're they're stoning people to death for adultery i mean it's completely different monster it's just a monster Uh, we shouldn't be entangled with all that stuff we shouldn't be bombing people constantly in yemen and syria and somalia i mean you just keep constantly making more bad blood you're making the next terrorists that want to come and attack us i mean it's hard enough for them to get over here other than the fact that the border's open so we're just coming over willy-nilly now which they can do whatever they want. I mean, who knows if they're the ones burning down all the uh, food production places, just trying to cripple the economy over here as much as uh, as possible to make us suffer as much as possible to make them feel better. I mean, it's it's a sticky situation, but you know, the government shouldn't be involved unless it's direct threat and an attack on America, which false flags should be definitely looked into before any action is taken it shouldn't just be a knee-jerk reaction like 9-11 when all the no really no investigation into any of this stuff like how like even if you just think about the 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 simple things of the 9-11 the fact that they found the passports of the people who crashed the planes into the planes into the buildings after they supposedly burnt all the buildings to the ground that melted steel but you found their passports that's impossibility (laughs) <laughs> it just is um the fact that the two towers dropped strategically straight down from the lowest levels because i mean they would have toppled from the top if anything i mean that's where the fire was you don't the fire doesn't just drop to the very bottom floor of a concrete structure and then melt with people still running out it, it's none of it adds up it never has added up and even now they have the video that the, was a scud missile hitting the pentagon it wasn't even a plane that hit the pentagon i mean it was a somebody planned some serious attack on the u.s stole trillions of dollars because there's like what three four trillion dollars went missing that day as well and that's just the end of it right um i was looking through your website a little bit and one thing that i kind of like your play on words was the uh um, social injustice because a lot of people talk about social justice but um i'm always curious about people's experience with police and i think this is kind of what you were getting at um in my personal experience and this is just because i live in small towns and it seems like you kind of live in a similar situation but you're closer to philly um mm-hmm. it, it seems like city cops tend to be very very bad 
and like the more rural areas they're not quite as bad so like i said my personal experience with police have always been fine now i don't obviously condone or you know praise the police for what they do because they are enforcing bad laws but um kind of elaborate on why uh, you know that platform in your um on your website i was uh, curious about your thoughts about that in the wording well i mean i was just talking about that last night as well i mean they're they're in inherent racism like everywhere even in police um heavily as they go after minorities more than they go after white people and and the charges and the penalties are astronomically different mm-hmm. i was just talking to somebody at the Canafest where he had his daughter got pulled over for a marijuana charge and driving under the influence of for marijuana mm-hmm. and her boyfriend who was black got pulled over for the same thing at a different time she got just a, a small fine and she also got the the charge which that goes along with it for possession of marijuana without the, the license and stuff so she's tagged and, and needs to do something with that but now they're throwing the book at him he's facing like 10 years in prison uh just just astronomically different and j- the same exact scenario it's just difference of color really and i mean in the city they're they're harsh just because i mean a lot of bad things happen in the city people are shooting each other every day the situations they have to walk into are usually horribly graphic i mean the trauma mentally that they have to deal with is beyond what most people would even fathom just because they're working always walking into the worst of situations people don't call the cops when there's the warm fuzzy feelings (laughs) it's it's a whole reason why there should be like an external review not an internal review of cops in the system so that the bad cops can be weeded out i mean i would like to like have some kind of like a jujitsu platform put into the the basic training so they can learn a discipline to discipline themselves and then also have the experience to handle a situation through experience to not harm the person as much as possible. And you can easily disarm somebody through jujitsu techniques. And then even while you're at the academy, like why not implement a little bit of uh, community service for the cadets? I mean, they're going to be serving the community, already have them going out and serving the community. Meals on wheels, go out and help them meet the communities they're going to serve and start building a rapport even before they're on the street. So you know, you find out from a grandmother that you serve that that guy across the street has a mental disability and then they don't show up and just shoot him because he's mentally disturbed and they don't know any of his background. I mean, that's part of knowing your community and serving it that, I mean, there's simple little things you can add to it. I mean, I wouldn't make anything that would be like, oh, it's legislature, you have to do it as a law, but I'd love to like use the platform to be able to inform people that you could put this into your system if it works, then it can be adopted by everybody. And then maybe the system gets corrected. And and then I don't legislate nothing. We're not saying I'm the big bad dictator over here and we're signing things into law that just you have to do because that's that's not freedom. That's not America. That's not the way it should have ever been. And sadly, that's the way it is right now where you know people are just legislating your way of life at every facet, which it's just not a free country anymore. Right. Yeah. And I think we definitely saw that after uh, 2020. And this kind of goes back to uh, Fetterman being the lieutenant governor. Um, You know, how anybody can think that it's okay to have what we had here in Pennsylvania with the uh, lockdowns. I know over your way, it was a lot worse than it was over here from what I understand. Um, It was 
absolutely terrible and we shouldn't Philly was pretty bad my around my area because i didn't give a shit i, I was working <laughs> out and from day one so you know uh, first day of the pandemic i was getting calls because people are stuck at their houses and they still need home repairs so like mm -hmm. i'm out on the road and there's nobody on the road it was great for driving because you hit the turnpike yeah. and there, there's two cars and no there's no cops because they're at home too so you just mm -hmm. hit florida pedal to metal and do what you got to do my business was booming for the last two years now starting to have a little bit of slowdown because they're they're tanking the economy yeah. but you know it's it's just uh, there's so many problems i just can't believe how bad it's gotten in two years i mean the whole fact that he's got 120 executive orders that he's dropped on american people which mm -hmm. is like pretty much subverting the constitution that he swore to defend there, there's got to be a list like a giant pamphlet list of all the constitutional impeachable offenses that Biden and, and everybody in the administration have already done. I mean, I just heard uh, about a new law that they passed with Liz Cheney and all the members of Senate that are leaving right now that they want to extend the voting for the November election by five days. But you can't do that because constitutionally, people have already started to vote per the early voting system on the 19th. So if they pass that this week, now you're doing like an 11th hour change to the, 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 the laws of which it can only be to be cheating. I mean, why would you need five extra days? I mean, all, everybody who's gonna vote is gonna vote the day of voting. All those numbers should be in instantly. There shouldn't have to be any recounts. The only thing that has to be counted is the mail-in votes of which there, there's really no way to verify those things. I mean, there's no signature, there's no ID that goes along with it. It's just probably a blank form with a name on it, which John Doe, 500,000, just voting for one side or the other. I mean, it's, it, it's, it was ruled unconstitutional in many states. I don't, and the fact that we have a Democratic governor and all the AG and all that and Shapiro and such, I mean, they're not going to look into it because they know it's to their benefit. But it's kind of like treason. You're you're subverting the whole premise of democracy with one single false vote, not allowing the people's voices to really be heard and just power grabbing. It's something's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen, but you know, things have to change for the better, or there's gonna be a lot of really upset people. Yeah, yeah. And, and I you can kind of see this with how they treat the uh, Libertarian Party as a, a third party, is that they really change the rules, really put the screws of the Libertarian Party, um, and make sure that it's very, very difficult for them to get ballot access, you know, you have to meet so many signatures. And as to where for Republicans, Democrats, because they're already established, um, they just can kind of walk through the door. But um, as we know, it's not just anybody who gets in there. A lot of the people who run as Democrats or Republicans tip, they're already pre-picked, they're already pre-chosen. And, um, you know, if you're, it's one big club and you ain't in it, essentially, is uh, kind of what it comes Pretty down much. to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I guess, one of the other reasons that drove me to the Libertarian Party, because there's, there is opportunity for people to run, which all you really need is the opportunity. And, mm -hmm trying to get into the two big tents it's just they, they're going to push everybody out you've seen the same case in the senate run with uh kathy barnett she she had a good rapport they smeared her name the last few days not that i think she had the numbers to win anyway but you know it, they ruined her name just mm -hmm. just in that sense and then they chose dr oz like it's just like are you kidding me yeah. like that guy 
Yeah, but I mean, McCormick wasn't any better. Everybody would have not wanted to vote for him just as much. And, and then it, it, even the Democratic side, you look at it, it was like Connor Lamb and uh, Malcolm Kenyatta, which Kenyatta had a, has a huge following down in, in Philly, which is a heavily Democratic area, which he's been campaigning for Federer. But, you know, everybody knows Connor Lamb's just he's already in Congress. Why would he hop out of Congress to become a senator? He hasn't even served his term in I think it's the House of Representatives or is he in the Congress? I think he's a congressman. But he just he just got that position. And now he wanted to run for Senate. It's just like that makes no sense to me that you wouldn't just fulfill your duty to the position you already have. But then that's that's a Democratic pulley there, too, because if he vacates that spot, they can fill it with another Democrat. And then there's not a, a special election or even election to worry about losing that spot. It's it's all bitter, just disgusting tactics and underhanded deals and blah, 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 blah. It's it's really just a sickening thing. I mean, that's the reason why libertarians are like, oh, the Fed's got to go. <laughs> it, it, they got to start over. Scorch that earth, you know, burn it to the ground, start over. Yeah, yeah, I really don't think that there is much of a salvage, salvaging uh, Washington or anything like that. I mean, it's it's really sad where we're at in this country today. Um, so I guess one thing I also wanted to ask you about because some of the stuff um, we talk about as libertarians sometimes may seem a little bit grim. What kind of gives you hope going forward? The fact that people are still looking for something to like believe in and have hope in, you know that is the american spirit that probably won't die ever until kept under boot or thumb because this somehow becomes a communist country where they control every facet of your lives which we are tiptoeing dangerously close to yeah. i mean there might be a brave heart moment where somebody just you know, dresses up and in, in uh face paint and you know <laughs> you're not saying it's january up. 6th <laughs> nobody was in charge of that i mean if trump would have taken the reins he probably could have stormed the capitol and actually subverted the government with the people that were there yeah. but they wouldn't allow him to do that and he might have decided to not do that himself that might have been his plan all along which what, what happened i i don't know that he planned that all what happened to happen but for them they just be cowering inside like playing the victim after all the things they've done to society, being in the government themselves, they really can't play that we're the helpless card. And they don't play it. I mean, it went right from, oh, we're helpless to let's castrate him for the next six years. And they still, to this day, it's still January 6th. Everything's going for Trump to take him out, no matter by any means necessary. And we're still not looking into like the Epstein flight logs and all who's on that list, which is other people who are in power right now. And they should be the ones prosecuted and held accountable for their actions as everybody should like justice should be even handed, even for our politicians. It, is, it shouldn't be. They just have this political immunity to being prosecuted for any crime. And, and even just the election system, like the fact that they have all these super PACs that, dark money's coming into the super PACs from corporations and foreign countries now that that's that's the definition of foreign interference in our elections but they allow it because they wrote the laws saying that it's allowed to have that but only if you're a politician already so they use that loophole to just undermine the whole government system and the constitution as it is and there's got to be safeguards put in place to actually end that 
And hopefully if somehow I find a way to win this, I can pitch the ideas to actually do that, of which I do have them. And uh, if anybody's smart enough, if they, they take the, the reins away from them and want to hire me, I'll, I'll be helpful to help give them the ideas that they need to you know put this country back on course. Right. Yeah. And I definitely think we need more like that. Um, it's, you seem to really, really know a lot about the constitution and I, um, some people would argue that it's a piece of paper, but at the same time, I think there's definitely something to the fact that it, um, you know, was kind of the founding document of this country and had facilitated, um, what was at one point the greatest country in the world. And obviously we're very, very far from that right now. Um, where, what kind of inspired you to, um, to like read the constitution and um, kind of have that as a little bit more of your cornerstone? Cause that's what I'm kind of picking up from you. I mean, that's just, I think the American Patriot in me, you know, it was the greatest men of our time of our country, the, the, the true founding fathers of which were held in the highest of esteem through respect through George Washington to the highest regard of intelligence to Benjamin Franklin, who only had two years of official schooling and self-taught himself everything else. Right. And he was a tradesman too. He actually like would collect tradesmen and have them work for him. And he would learn their trade as they did their trade for him as a business. I mean, People just don't do that much anymore where they capitalize on people's skills to not only make money, but further themselves. And I mean, we need to get back to some of that. That's why I'd love to build a trade school where I could bring craftsmen from all over the world and start a melding of cultures and building bridges through countries so that through knowledge, we can move forward, not just, you know, divide because we don't, we're just ignorant to the fact of you're different than me. And I mean, the whole thing with the Constitution, I mean, it, it wasn't a document ever for regulating the power of the people. It was always a document to regulate the power of the government. Mm -hmm. And the, the biggest, I think, flaw of it was the ability to amend the document. Right. I mean, it was a good idea because they knew times would change. I mean, it lasted 250 years. But through perversion of power and greed, it's become almost null and void, of which even our current president says, you know, no amendment is uh, absolute, which, yeah, they are. And they should always be held that way. And as long as the people value it that way, then it will have that strength. But as people start moving away because they just think it's helpless, I mean, it's just a whole under the foot situation from tampering down the economy to the inflation on prices it's it's all poor people's taxes it's only for the poor people that's why they want to raise taxes to make the poor poorer only the rich people can afford all the things as it is and they like it that way because now they're in charge because you have to cater to how they want things done and their profit margins which i mean being a small business owner and making my own prices is it's great I, I would never move away from it ever again because I know the value of myself and I know the value of my work and I can charge accordingly for that. But for a, people to be in government and then sacrifice the country just so that they can remain in power is, oh, it's just disgusting. Right. Right. So um, we've been shooting the shit here for about 40 minutes ish. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on um, what, 
what do you think your race and the outcome kind of looks like here? Um, because the election day is what in November, correct? Yeah, November eighth. So we're we're about a month and a half away now. Cool. So what do you think it looks like for you? anything can happen between now and then. I mean, the fact that I'm gaining any in the polls from the first poll to the second poll means uh, a huge thing to people across Pennsylvania, that there is another option. And the fact that I remain on the polls, even if I drop a little bit, I'm still on the polls. You know, it's a, it's a back idea threat to my opponents that they still have to think about me. And I know as, as much as they don't want to talk about me, they're going to start to have to talk about me because I am talking about them. And I'm putting forth my ideas to actually fix the situation. They better step up or they're going to be called out on that stuff. And they should. Every every bit of their facet of their lives should be really looked into, of which they have been looked into. I'm sure they have dirt on each other, of which they're saving the juicy bits for the very end just to smear each other. And I'm just staying out of that. But, you know, if we can have a debate doesn't matter if it's two weeks before. I mean, almost everybody in Pennsylvania is going to be watching that. It's going to be prime time. People are going to be paying attention. They already want to know what they have to say on topics. And I'm going to destroy them. I have no doubt in my mind that I would if I get put in that situation. I think they know that it's going to happen, too, if they put me in that situation. There's a reason why they probably won't have the debates and just cop out and do, this. like I said, this their, their personal advertising. But I'm not going to stop going out to the events I have to. I'm still get, seeking endorsements. Um, going to talk to the GOA people with the Gunners of America this weekend. I'm, I'm actually going to the Doug Mastriano speaking event where our candidate, Caroline Avery, who just got kicked off the ballot, is going to be speaking as well, going to help support her and her efforts of moving forward after being kicked off the ballot because I know she's pissed. And, uh, you know, keep my head down, keep working. And, uh, However it pans out in the end, it pans out. Hopefully it's with a W and Eric's name in the after. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, I definitely hope that for you as well. Um, so I got a couple questions to ask you before we rock and roll out of here. Um, what does liberty look like to you? Liberty. It's the expression of your individual freedom. I mean, just art, to being able to express yourself without the constraints of social insecurities and such i mean i love the can people in the cannabis industry just because they're the most laid back open people and very social they, they want to talk to you about any and everything um more people should be getting into that i mean with it being something that could be legalized it really could open up a lot of avenues for people to think differently i mean that's probably one of the reasons why china doesn't want us to legalize it because that, that goes against their whole one China policy and thinking for yourself. I mean, the, the Uyghurs that they have over in China that they're persecuting right now, they have a meditation technique that they have as part of their religion. And that's half the reason why they want to get rid of the Uyghurs is because even through meditation, it's not substance assisted, like looking at yourself and looking to your inner self. It's looking through your inner self and regulating your body through meditation, which allows for free thinking, which goes against communist policies anyway. And I mean, the whole libertarian party is there. Everybody's a free thinker. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And I, I don't want that to go away. Nice. Well, um, what does health look like to you? <laughs> 
health. Mm-hmm. Um, can mean a lot of different things. I mean, I personally could be more healthy in my personal life. I would love to start a yoga regiment myself, like an everyday thing to keep my body limber. I, I beat myself up on the constant with weird positions yeah. and lifting heavy things. And that helps keep me in shape. Um, constantly challenging myself to keep the mental strong. I mean, that's another reason we're running for politics because I, I know my problem solving skills are still there and have always been there. And that's, half of the reason why I like construction just because every problem is uh, not like exactly the same but it has to have its own special way of addressing it and you know make a plan start it rolling and figure that thing out nice nice uh where can everybody find you eric uh, you can reach me at Eric, the number four PA, that's E-R-I-K, the number four PA.com. That's my website for my campaign. You can email me at Eric4PA at gmail.com. Um, also have a Facebook, Twitter, and all that, which if you just go right to the bottom of my page, you just see the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram little uh, insignias. If you click on that, it'll take you a direct link right to all my other pages and socials and you can look into what I've been saying and all the, the meme wars I've been waging and all the fun stuff. Nice. Sorry, man. Well, uh, hopefully everybody goes, checks you out and supports you. And hopefully they, uh, they pull the yellow lever this time instead of the red or the blue one, because um, I don't think we can sustainably continue vote for uh, blue or red. If um, these are the candidates that they're putting forth. Yep. I agree. And uh, you know, it's going to be a very interesting election regardless. And uh, I think it's going to turn out a lot different than what people are actually saying they are right now nice well um hopefully like i said things turn out for the better so um until next time everybody thanks for watching and take care support for this podcast and the following message come from corient corient provides wealth management services centered around you they focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully preserve their wealth and provide for the people causes and communities they care about as one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the u.s corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.